Painless. That was your second book. And you have mm -hmm. more on the way. I love that. I, I do that. You're talking about the research and, and those ideas and, and, you know, that ability to, I just want to touch on that ability to um, draw out of a lot of information and, and create it and put it into a way that makes it uh, edible, consumable, understandable for other people. I mean, that's a real gift and that's definitely uh, great value there for sure. But painless is about- Yeah, because yeah, that's really what, that's what the second book is really about. I, um, because of those injuries that I had from the trauma, I had chronic pain for 25 years. Like my, my neck would seize up and I had terrible lower back pain and I had sciatica pain that would shoot down my leg. I had IBS, I've had um, skin problems. Like, you know, it was, it's kind of an endless list of things. And it's funny, I never thought of myself as a sick person. I just had these things to deal with, mm -hmm. you know? And particularly the, the back pain was just, um, I, I mean, I was seeing a chiropractor every month for 25 years. And I was just, um, it's funny, my, my emotionally and mentally I'd gotten well and I knew I wasn't coping or living with it, but I kind of had to cope with the physical stuff. Mm. Um, and that was like, doctors just told me that's just the way it is. Your body's been damaged and, and hurt this, this, in these different ways. And that's, you know, just the way, way it is. So I kind of accepted that because it never occurred to me that that, that that wasn't true or that it would could go away because the injuries are there. So um, when uh, about two or three years after I came around the principles and I, I went to London to, to do the one thought training with Aaron Turner, and uh, I, I needed to save some money because I've got the, the expense of the course and then expense of traveling backwards and forwards. You know, when I was there, I wasn't working here. And um, so I, I thought, you know, I feel pretty good. So maybe, maybe I'll cut out the chiropractor. And, you know, it was a six month course. So I didn't do any chiropractic treatments in that six months. And at the end, I felt really strong mm. and I hadn't had any pain. And I remember sitting here going, that's weird. I felt like I feel stronger than I've done since like I was a teenager. Right? And, and I kind of checked in with my body, like no pain here, no pain there. Right? Oh, wow, I can bend, I can move. This is weird. Um, and then I realized I hadn't had any one of those severe attacks. I used to get these attacks where my, my back would seize up, I'd be bent sideways, bent forward, couldn't, couldn't move. Like I was rushed off to the emergency room a couple of times for, for you know, being, being in agony. Um, and I realized I hadn't had one of those for two, three, oh my gosh, ever since I've been around the principles, right? And I was like, wow. Um, and so I, I mentioned this to someone and uh, she asked me if I knew anything about, um, about pain and that there's a lot of pain research out there. And particularly there's a, a particular doctor called Dr. Sarno. He was a, 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 a pain uh, rehabilitation medicine doctor in New York. And he'd passed away, but he'd written several books about the mind-body connection mm. and about how um, in his work, he saw that people who are in chronic prolonged stress can often have physical pain that isn't coming from any physical injury, but it's really coming from the stress is dysregulating the nervous system. And that kind of got my attention because I remember um, in one of his books, he mentions that the femur bone, which is the, the biggest bone in your body, the thigh bone, if you were to break that, it would heal within four to six weeks. Huh. And I thought, I thought, hold on a minute, my injuries were like 25 years ago, right? 
So if those injuries have healed, then where's the pain coming from? And then it's, and then in one of his books, his second book, he writes that a lot of people got well just from reading his first book. Now, from an understanding of the principles, that makes perfect sense because if you're reading something and, and something changes, then clearly you've had a shift in your thinking. They've had an insight yeah. because it can't be treatment because they never met the guy, right? You know, so they're just from reading a book. So I was like, oh, that's what happened. I've, I've been having all these amazing insights these last few years into how the mind works. My thinking has been slowing down. My stress has been leaving. My pain went away. Huh. And I thought, wow. So I, um, I, did, I started doing a lot more reading and reading, putting a, a lot of research with the mind-body connection and the science. And then I did Bill Pettit's course and, you know, <clears throat> and I got so much amazing help from him. And I did a bit of research. I got five volunteers. I did uh, five case studies where I um, discussed the medical and biological stuff that I'd learned and then introduced these people to the three principles to see if I could recreate in them what had happened for me. Yeah. And in these five people, they, were, they all had different um, issues, migraines, eczema, stomach problems, back problems. Um, and they all started getting better to some degree or other. Things started shifting and changing for them. And they knew nothing about the principles beforehand. And I got so excited about this that I wanted to start you know, sharing and talking. So I started working with people. And so that's when I thought, you know, I could put this into a book. And so the Deborah, the, the character from the first book, um, cause in that book, it mentions that she has, um, she, she gets into some physical pain and, and, uh, and so I kind of, um, took that story and, and fictionalized a, a, a journey that she goes on after that. Um, and so we kind of created a, a I, I created a situation where, um, she's, she's becomes involved in some pain research, kind of recreating what I had done, but in, on a bigger scale. And I, I chose 15 characters who had 15 different kinds of physiological problems from I said it can be migraines it can be um, skin problems stomach problems um, fibromyalgia you know chronic fatigue syndrome um, chronic back pain foot pain there's there's you know there's many different ways that um, the body basically is screaming at us (laughs) that we are that we are you know sitting in prolonged stress and so in the book I kind of go on this journey with these 15 people and some of them get it and some of them don't because that's the way, you know, that's the way life is. And the ones that get it, um, you know, they all they all start seeing that the the illusion of their thinking, their, their pain starts to go away and they start getting creative and they start, get to, you know, because your mind starts opening up to other things like like I did with my writing. You know, once your your mind is emptying out of all that stress and anxiety. And uh, and so it, it's a it's a chronic pain adventure novel. <laughs> I love that. Love the genre. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, you know, no bestseller in chronic pain adventure novels, and you know, because the world could really do with one of those right now. I've, I found that. You know, yeah, definitely. So many people are are you know suffering not just the anxiety, but it then starts materializing into you know migraines and and stomach problems, and it could be fertility problems, you know, and and then muscle pains of, of all kinds throughout yeah. the body. Yeah. There's feet, you know, necks and, uh, and backs and knees and feet. And, uh, you know, it's, it's energy endless. follows like, yeah, loss of energy follow with so much. Yeah. And then, and then fatigue and, and exhaustion and frustration and because of the not knowing and doctors often, you know, they do their best and they either. Now, what I learned was you could MRI and maybe x-ray 
you know, let's say 100 people mm -hmm. and find terrible things on their MRIs and x-rays and they have no pain. Yeah. And then other people who are experiencing excruciating pain and there's nothing on the MRI or the, or the x-ray to, to prove it. And, and what I found in my research is, you know how we often say um, that we're feeling our thinking, yeah. right? Now, when I first heard that, I would, I, and I think, you know, makes sense. I, I interpret that as I'm feeling it in my mood. Mm. You know, if, if, like if you're, if you've got good thinking, you're probably going to be in a good mood. If you've got low thinking, you're going to feel a low mood. Well, once I started doing all this pain research, I started realizing not only am I feeling it in my moods, I'm feeling it in my body. Yeah. I'm feeling it in that stomach ache or that migraine or that back pain. And, and so I, the research backed that up and I found this research that's talked about how acute pain, which is, you know, like a pain that you experience something immediately if you burn or, or fracture something happens here in the, in the prefrontal cortex, that's like just behind the forehead. But when it turns into chronic pain, meaning the injury is healed, like mine had, but I'm still experiencing pain, it actually shifts from here to back here to the limbic system, the amygdala, which as we know is all about trauma and, and stress and, and you know the emotional system. So we are actually, we are literally feeling our thinking in our bodies. And um, that just confirmed for me, like what we've, you know, what we've all been teaching and so to be able to share that with people, first thing I say to them is you are, the pain is real. Yeah. You're not making it up, you know, and, and Dr. Sarno used to say that it's the, one of the most excruciating pains he'd ever seen in clinical practice. Um, so the pain is real. We believe you, yeah. but it's not coming from the injury. For example, I was often told that my back was unstable because I have one leg longer than the other. Well, guess what? I still have one leg longer than the other, right? My pelvis is still slightly slanted if you looked at me in the mirror um, and I have no pain, yeah. right? It's gone. <laughs> I mean, I might get a twinge every now and again, but I don't have anything on it. So it doesn't turn into anything anymore. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so when I share that with people and, and like kind of how we, we started off talking about the innate wisdom, what I found is when I share with people that they are innately well, not just mentally, but physically and and those five people I had at the beginning when I first did my research, they all said to me at the end of the, the 10 hour program that I did with them, that they were so touched that they knew that I knew that they were well, right? Because yeah. when people have been in pain for a long time, they've done the rounds of all kinds of doctors and then alternative medicine. And then some, some people get into some really weird and strange, you know, contraptions and, and medicines and stuff, you know, um, that, you know, in, in desperation to, to fix what, you know, they, the, the doctors don't understand. So they've kind of become identified with the, the body part that is hurting. Like I, I was identified with the trauma that happened to me. And then I became identified with my bad back mm. or, or, you know, people get like migraine, I, they identify with like everything's about the migraine or everything's about the knee pain. Um, so to, to, for them to, to learn and to realize that they, that that's not who they are, that that's just how the, the thinking, the symptom is materializing in that moment. You know, it's like, like thought has kind of become form in that, 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 that symptom and that that can shift and change. That is, you know, people are very relieved to hear that, you know, so it's it's wonderful to be able to share that with people and watch them get well, yeah, um, yeah. both emotionally and physically. And I've, you know, and some people don't get it. And I, I have, no, you know, like all this kind of work, I have no guarantees. But 
when you see people have insights and they start seeing their pain starts to fade away also it's it's like an incredible um privilege to you know i would say it's like having a front row seat in someone else's you know miracle when you get to see that yeah what amazing and that you know the that concept of time that, like, you're saying people's identity gets involved in it, but it's also that, well, I've had it so long, so how can it just, you know, yeah. like it has to, it has to take, it got that long to get here, it has to take that long. Yeah. <laughs> and that just isn't, it, it almost ties back earlier to what you said about when you're talking about, oh, my trauma wasn't as bad as someone else's, yet yeah. I don't think trauma is trauma. Like a traumatic, mm. like a pain. The pain is pain, and it doesn't really matter, you know, the source or the event or anything. The level that we feel it is the level we feel it, and, and like, but mm. that distinction of the the innately well is an, as well as the innate well-being. I love that innately well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that people are, yeah. Yeah, and, and even if it's something that is, um, let's say, is structural or it is, you know, um, God forbid, it is like a disease or something, you know, could, could be worse, you know. I've also um, seen how people who are in a, <clears throat> a better frame of mind and a better understanding of how, you know, how experience works are much better able to, to be with that pain. Mm -hmm. Let's say it isn't going to go away because, you know, it's not... For some people are in, in physical situations where where they are um it could be something that they have to live with and i've seen people you know just they're not even coping they're just you know the like the pain is almost like an um an inconvenience to the the fabulous life that they are they are otherwise living yeah because yeah. of their um their experience of it is 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 based in the in that that's not who they are they may have that pain but that's not who they are and and it's um it's wonderful to also to see people being able to to like i don't know if rise above it is the right way to say it but when you're when you're in a better frame of consciousness i mean like for anybody if, if you're in a bad mood and you stub your toe right <laughs> it's the end of the world but you know if you're in a good you know if the pizza's just arrived and you stub your toe it's like you might not even notice you know and so it really is about state of mind. In fact, one of the first things I, I came across when I was doing the research was this idea, and this came from a pain scientist. And he said that we only experience pain when it comes into consciousness. Yeah. And I and so I, I thought, yeah, because there were times when, you know, I, I felt the pain so much worse than I did at other times. And when I think about those situations, what, how I was feeling emotionally completely affected how I experienced the pain. We only feel the pain when we become conscious of it. Yeah, when it comes into consciousness. It comes into consciousness. Yes. Because like, like and, that, and to me that makes pain no different to anything else like finances or relationships or problems with kids or elderly parents or whatever things people are dealing with we only are aware of it when it comes into consciousness yeah. and depending on where I'm holding in my consciousness, that's going to affect. So like I said, if, if I'm in a, if I'm in a low mood and my back starts hurting, it's like, Oh, here we go again. It's disaster. You know, life is over and what's the point. And, you know, whereas if I'm in a good mood and my back starts to like, I think, Oh, 
what's that like and I don't even you know I'm, I won't have anything on it and it doesn't turn into anything um because I think I don't know about you but when I came across the principles and I think when most people do we always have a yeah but like I get it's thinking but yeah. right <laughs> you know and so depending on what's going on with someone they'll say yeah yeah I get it's thinking that's thinking but you haven't met my idiot boss or you don't know what pain I'm in yeah. you know and so people, I think pain, pain is often something that people would bring up as like, well, that can't be thinking. And I, so that, that's kind of like the journey I go on with people is exploring and understanding that, that yeah, even pain is happening in my consciousness, in, in my thinking, because I mean, a, a perfect example of that is someone with phantom limb pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. someone who doesn't even have a, a, you know, a limb who is experiencing anything from an itch to, a, to like agony. In a, in a limb that's not there so the pain can't be happening in the body it's happening in the mind in the brain so that's where you start seeing that um not only is often my thinking an unreliable narrator of what's going on with me like we were saying earlier about special effects in the brain but pain is often an unreliable indicator of what's going on in the body because you know how sometimes you could have a paper cut and it kills screaming and then you could have someone like a soldier for example who's got a bullet in them and might not even notice or or just gets on with it until they're at a safe place where they can then get a treatment and medical help and, and deal with it and then they might scream like a baby you know so um you know it's it's amazing how depending on where i'm holding in that understanding or that level of consciousness or even a, a mood is going to affect how I experience the pain. So that for me just confirms again that we're we're living in this thought-created world and the, the pain is part of that that illusion. That, that's not, not to say that if you burn yourself, you should get, you know, please get medical attention. You know, yeah. if you need medical attention, please get it. It's not, you know, um, you know, that that we're not, we're not at that, I'm not at that level that I can, you know, rise above it. You know, but but once you start seeing that um, the pain, the injury itself is healed. If you're still having pain, then then it's quite possible it's coming from stress or some kind of maybe unresolved um, guilt or fear or, or resentment that's that's like producing some stress that could be then you know your body is is letting you know that um, there's something something to look at there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, that uh, so much, so much in that. What you what you shared there around pain. Um, huh. I'm excited to read your book. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Both of them and the next ones. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've got one in my head about um, hormones. Ah, that should be good. Right. There's going to be one about hormones. Um, I've got one that I kind of almost almost finished and then I got distracted um, about ADHD and, um, <laughs> and and drug company corruption. That one might be a bit controversial. So maybe I'll wait for that one. Um, and then and then I'm, I want to do one on on maybe addictions and, and uh, you know, and maybe um, some, something along those lines to um, put those into some characters and some stories, too. So, yeah. Was that an intentional joke about the ADHD book and that you got distracted? Oh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Very good. 
I'll have to use that one. I'll have to borrow that. Yeah, I got distracted from, from finishing it because I did because the pain thing came along and I just kind of like that was so much on my mind, you know, and, and in my work that I really wanted to write about that whilst it was fresh in my mind. So the, the ADHD one, I got put on the shelf. <laughs> I got distracted. I will get back to it one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's that's uh, those all sound like really uh, valuable, valuable resources for people to mm -hmm. when they come, when they uh, yeah. to keep us posted. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you would love to share with our audience about any wellness, any wisdom, any, any creativity? Yeah, I mean, that the creativity. I, I, I think that also is something um, I, I kind of have it rolling around in the back of my head that I should do some work with because being creative is what I did my whole life, yes. you know? I mean, I'm actually building myself a bookcase right now um, and it's gonna be fabulous. It's, gonna, it's got flowers on it. It's, you know, like 3D flowers on the, book, on the bookcase. So being creative is, um, to me is, uh, it's, I mean, I know not, every, not everybody will say that they're an artist or they're like, I never liked the title artist. When people said to me, when I told them what I do, they'd say, oh, you're such an artist. And I'm like, because <laughs> artist to me, like there's a whole story there that makes me think of some hippie, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you know, painting for their art. Like I, I was always very practical. Like, you know, I needed to pay the rent. So all my art went into, um, it was in my work mm -hmm. and I got to do the most amazing things. And um and I, I can't remember who said it. There's a famous quote, which is never work a day in your life. You know, if you love what you do, you'll never do a day of work in your life. And I've been very blessed and I'm very aware of it that um, I've rarely actually had to work. Um, now, when we were doing movies, we were working 80, 100 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, and, or in the theater, you know, the show must go on. You're working all through the night. So it's not about hours, you know, I've, I've worked very, very hard, you know, in, in my careers, but because I loved it and I was being paid, you know, quite nicely to do stuff that I loved and, and I was old, they were paying me to use my imagination and to like, I mean, it was problem solving, but like with, with art and, and paint and fabric and, and, you know, all kinds of wire and wood and plaster and, you know, and I would just, I had this encyclopedia in my head of materials and techniques and I, it's, you know, we had a saying which was the impossible we can do today but the really impossible you have to wait till tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a saying we used to have and so i i have you know 20 30 years of of experience with that and i think i'm i'm i don't know how or or where yet but i think that's going to come out in some kind of teaching or course or mentoring or coaching at some point too because it's just that's so innately me i it just um it was it was always a joy yeah. you know I didn't I didn't have to work at it it just like you know it was just a, a, to go go and do go to work every day and, and like be you know having a, such a good time and and being paid for it and flying around the world and getting to dance with John Travolta you yeah. know <laughs> you know it's pretty good amazing creative people. So, yeah so no I, I just love coaching and mentoring people like like I said like having a front row seat in, in other people's journeys you know, and sharing what what, what has been given to me is is such a privilege. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the books are available on Amazon. I have a website, so if people you know want to get in touch, then uh, then they can get in touch with me through the website. And um, we will include yeah. all those links below. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, well, 
I have enjoyed our conversation immensely and learning more about you and really excited to read these books and to share them with other people that I know or, you know, have some of these pain and trauma issues mm -hmm. that uh, mm -hmm. maybe they can unidentify with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I've enjoyed it too. It's been really nice to, to hang out with you. Thank you. Awesome. I'm just going to hit, where's my button? One second here. <laughs>